1: Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 358, BGA Year in Review. We'd like to thank all of our Patreon backers for helping us bring you a brand new episode. All right, everyone. Happy New Year to everyone out there, and Happy New Year to all of the great listeners and friends at the table that we were able to get in these past couple of weeks, obviously packs the holiday season, and again, obviously having you with us at the table today. Uh, we have a great episode for you. We are going to be talking about all of the games from 2021 and hopefully look forward to 2022 and all the great releases that are coming out. So again, thank you for joining us at the table. And again, Anthony, Happy New Year yeah
0: man happy new year it's what a year we said this last year so i don't i don't know if we do repeat ourselves again but what a weird sure year like when that. you can look at it and say look at these amazing games some of which i played um i actually played a bunch <laughs> over the holiday break i like i made it my goal i'm like i'm gonna knock out as many of these as i can because i was trying to put my own personal top 10 together I'm like i gotta play some of these i haven't gotten to yet um and so a few of the games in this list we're going to talk about today
1: and really like I played in the last two three weeks so <laughs> it's going to be an interesting conversation absolutely I think it's an interesting time and we'll just stay with the word interesting we'll stay positive we'll stay focused and again we'll be hopefully getting these games to the table throughout the year with all of you so uh, again a big list this is obviously our super duper acquisition disorder slash at the table episode and again you probably recognize a lot of these games and maybe if you haven't recognized or don't know about these games hitting the table um, this is a really good kind of wake up call to pick these games up get them to the table because many of these are going to be the big games for 2022 at the very least all right with that said anthony We are going down 2021 road and talking about all the latest and the greatest. So with that said, why don't you start us off with the full games that were released this year?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So quick recap for everybody who uh, is new to the podcast in the last 12 months. Every year we do a look ahead. What games are coming out this year? And so we're going to do that next week for 2022. We have a list of 50 some odd games and expansions. We're going to talk about it. But then at the end of the year, and in this case, a little after the end of the year, we're going to we go through all of those and say, which of these actually came out, which of them didn't come out, which things surprised us that we didn't even know were coming out. And what did the year look like as a whole, like not necessarily awards, just like a whole map of it. Like what came out and hit the table and what did we think of it? Right. Good or bad. So that's what we're doing today. That's 2021 full games released. This is the stuff that was on our list from last year. Our anticipated list that actually made it into stores into people's homes into my home in some cases and uh people had a chance to play it so uh, we're gonna run through these relatively quickly uh, i'm not gonna breathe too much in between these just because there are like 50 some odd games here but um just want to kind of give you a rundown of what it is why it was on our list originally and what we think now so uh first up we got oath the new one from leader games and cole whirly this game shipped over the summer. It is big. It is long. It requires multiple playthroughs with the same group, and therefore neither of us has played it that much. Um, what little I did play, but I really liked, but it wasn't enough to review it. And I keep saying this, but someday someday I'll get it back to the table and we will review this game when I can sit down and play with the same group of people four or five times. So <laughs> that is oath. Uh, hero quest. This had a big crowdfunding campaign from Hasbro uh last year early last year i think and shipped out to people this year people seem to be digging their copies of hero quest it is very much hero quest uh i i know they made a few adjustments to it modernized a few things but in general it's a big dudes roaming around killing things and picking up treasure type of game uh you know if if you loved hero quest back in the day you'll probably love this uh speaking of hero quest descent legends of the dark kind of feels like Hero Quest, the Descent Edition, and that released over the summer. Um, really expensive, especially with like the supply chain price increases $185 now. But people who have it and really like Descent and really like this seem to really dig it. Uh, interested to see what they do. They say they're releasing three games in this trilogy. That's a lot of money, but we'll see. People really seem to be digging this one. Uh, Lizard Wizard, we mentioned this last year as kind of the newest uh release in kind of this running sequence of games like raccoon tycoon and um like animal based economic games from Glenn Drover and Forbidden Games I didn't personally get a chance to play this uh the kind of I guess it re implements raccoon tycoon in kind of an interesting way that, I don't know I don't know enough about it to really talk about it at length but the people who I know who do have it and have played it really seem to enjoy it quite a bit and this whole series of like animals running businesses Seems cool. (laughs) Like, I'm all about it. Um, Dinosaur World and Dinosaur Roar and Write. These shipped, uh, I guess, end of summer, early fall. And uh, by all accounts, Dinosaur World deserves to be out there. It's not just Dinosaur Island with a few features slapped on. People really seem to dig it. It adds something to the game. It adds something uh, unique to that that kind of world. Um, I do have a copy of both of these, and they just didn't make it to my table right they were on my list for winter break and they just kept getting bumped down which i don't know if that's my enthusiasm level or just how much i wanted to play the other games that were on my list but um it's you know dinosaur island revamped so it's not like new 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 uh so i don't know hallertau is the big box big big box Uwe Rosenberg game that came out early in the year um end of last year really and shipped here in the in the us i think in january february and it feels like a rosenberg game uh, i really enjoyed it but considering the price considering the cost considering the, how much is in there there's other ones i enjoyed more um i really wish i had a chance to play this with other people though because i feel like it would be better with at least a couple people at the table i just played it solo myself but it's a big one you know if you're looking for a big box rosenberg this is the first one to come out in a long time so and uh, it, is, it is a good game. Uh, Mercado de Lisboa was a Kickstarter, was taking the rubble removal town building element of Lisboa and made a whole game out of it. It was fine. <laughs> like, I did back the Kickstarter and I was excited to get it in. You know, it has Lacerda's name on the box, but he didn't design it alone. And there's a reason it was one mechanic in a larger game. Uh, so it's fine. I kept it. You know, it was a very soft play for me. I would not recommend going out and getting it um, unless you really, really like that part of Lisboa, but very much like a light borderline gateway type of game. Uh, Furnace from um, uh, let's see, Furnace from uh, Ivan Lashin. Sorry, I was trying to find his name. Uh, designer of Smartphone Inc. And this put it at the top of our list Immediately, right? Smartphone Inc is amazing. Like, oh, it's a new game. Uh, this one came in and I had it forever. And we saw it at PAX and we saw demos at PAX. But I did finally get it to the table over the winter break. It's really good. <laughs> Very simple. You draft cards and then you run your engine based on the cards that you purchased in the in the bidding phase. Uh, but just so clever and so quick and so many different permutations to play with. It actually made it on my top 10 list after just playing it for a couple of weeks. So Really, really happy with that one. Um, Flourish was another one uh, backed on Kickstarter from Starling Games. And this one kind of comes in the the wake of Everdell and the beautiful artwork. Uh, Not nearly as good as Everdell, but it is plants. You know, you are putting out various types of plants, beautiful artwork on these cards. The game is okay. It's fine. It's like a card drafting, garden building game with co op elements. It's okay. Like, it's, I still have it, but I don't know how long I'll have it for. The Adventures of Robin Hood, the new game from Michael Menzel, this one is fantastic. I played this several times over the break with my kids. Uh, very, very much a family game. Like, if you played Andor with a gaming group or by yourself, there's a bit of a puzzle to that. This is not nearly as much puzzle. It's definitely more on the story end, more the exploration end. But very clever, very cool ideas. The way the story unfolds is fantastic. Um, highly recommended. And uh, number six on my top ten list, actually, after playing it the, those four or five times with the kids, um, the Great Wall is uh, the. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'd call it the first uh, Euro game from Awakened Realms. They did, but you know they have a lot of Euro mechanics in their games. But it. By all accounts, people are loving it. You know, it's this big, sprawling um, Euro game, uh, you know, secret unit deployment and turn order uh, shenanigans um, <laughs> uh, with kind of based on repelling the uh, Mongolian Horde at the Great Wall. And so you could get it with miniatures, you could get it with meeples. I got it with meeples. I have not played my copy yet, but I am very excited based on what everybody has been saying about this game. So uh, Hopefully, I'll have a review for you all soon on that one. Dominant Species Marine was our game of the year last week. So obviously, we love this one. Uh, this is Chad Jensen's final game, a re-implementation of Dominant Species. Streamlines the game, gets it down to four players, gets it under two hours, adds a lot of variability and asymmetry, um, even more so than the original, and tweaks the worker placement rules a fair bit. Great, 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 great game. Um, Hadrian's Wall is a roll and write, so we both kind of avoided this because I'm kind of burned out on these. Um, but by all accounts, it's really, really good. But it's also a really big box, decently expensive, and was out of print for most of the year. It was hard to find. So I, I do hope to get a copy and play it at some point. Um, this comes from Garpil Games and the the teams behind all the, the West Kingdoms and North Sea games. and It looks like a lot for a roll and ripe type of game, but all account, it's very good. So give that one a shot. Golem is probably one of the big hotnesses out of, uh, this year, no word yet on when, or if they're going to release it here in the United States. So we have not gotten a chance to play this, but it's the design team behind Lorenzo and, um, lots of other games. So, Brissini, Gigli, and Luciani, and I really, really want to play this game. Uh, so everybody who does have a copy of it and got a chance to play it in Europe um, has been raving about it from the people I know, at least. So soon, 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 hopefully. Arkwright the Card Game is a, a Kickstarter that ran last year, and I got my copy in maybe a month ago. I have not played it yet because I don't want to play an Arkwright-style game solo and I don't know when I'll get it to the table and I pulled everything out and I punched it and I laid it all out and it is a sprawling monstrosity of a solo of a card game so I love when they call something a card game and it's still like a three-hour game and takes up a whole table but um, seems to be shorter and lighter and simpler than the full game so I guess you can still call it a card game. Coffee Traders is equally sprawling well much more sprawling but It's scaling wise, it's just as sprawling and uh, was way up there for me. Um, It was won our economic strategy game of the year award. And for me, it was my number two of the year. Um, Had a really, really good time with this. It looks like it's going to be a mess. It looks like it's going to be fiddly as all heck, but it all flows so smoothly. It makes sense. The rules are clear. I had a blast playing this game. Um, And I'm really glad I got a chance to play it with other people in Pittsburgh before I moved multiple times uh, so highly recommended if you have the group to play it with does not play solo cannot play solo you gotta have a group uh Pelli is uh one of the many new Stefan Feld games that were announced or released or promised in the last year and a half it is the one i was probably least excited to get in but it actually came in unlike the others and it was fine it's got a cool like card mechanic based on like these different um, uh, types of dances and, and tribes and the you're just trying to complete these various different ceremonies and you're moving elements back and forth between like your own personal player space, but also you can interact with the people next to you. So you want to have ideally more people to mess with. Uh, it's a really cool idea that to me at least overstated its welcome in the game like. I don't know how you could have made it shorter. It's not terribly long, but doing this one mechanic for an hour just felt like a little much for me. So I gave it a soft play. I'm going to hold on to it, but I'm not like enamored with this game. Praga Kaput Regni uh, is the most recent game released in the US from um, Vladimir Suchi. He has another game that came out at Essen that we don't have our hands on yet and won't for a little while yet. But this one came out... Um, the end of last year, or I guess end of 2020, and then in the US here in 2021. And it's really run its way up the list. Like it's in the top 200 now. People are really digging it. Um, It's got this really cool like (laughs) bridge you get to build. And the the board is like this sprawling thing and all this stuff is everywhere. But at the end of the day, the mechanic is fairly straightforward. So you're not doing anything too crazy. Um, I did not fall in love with this game. I don't think quite as much as some people did, but I also didn't get a chance to play it as many times, and I've not played it with like other groups of people. So it's on my shelf in the section that I've carved out for games I will get back to when I am in a game group again. <laughs> so um, when, when COVID lets us get out. Um, Maglev Metro from Ted Allspeck uh, from Bezier Games. This one, kind of a route building game about. Maglev trains and kind of the distant future or not too distant future uh, pick up and deliver a tile placement type of game that I have not had a chance to play yet, but it looks really interesting. And I'm eager to try it out because I do like train games. I like route building and I like Ted Alspach's games. So, uh, by all accounts, they're going to keep making content for this as well. So, I think it's done well for them because they have new maps and expansions coming out pretty soon. Cape May uh, from Thunderworks Games and i think maybe the first game from thunderworks that is not related to the role player universe in some way uh, this is about cape may which is a vacation town on the very tip of new jersey on the jersey shore and you are building out properties over the various seasons of cape may which is you know obviously a seasonal town because it is a vacation town um, i've not played it but it looks colorful and interesting and i would like to give it a go as kind of a family ish, weight, Euro. Um, And one more key we have here that did come out this year is Crescent City Cargo. This one, um, I actually had a chance to play it at Gen Con back in 2019 uh, with the designer when he was still finishing it up, Jason Dinger. Uh, And it came from Spielworks. It was on Kickstarter last year and it shipped over the summer. And my copy sat at Chris's house for a few months because of things. Cause I was in the middle of moving when they shipped it. Um, but now that I have it in front of me and I have played it before and I really enjoyed it, I very much looking forward to uh, getting this back to the table. It's, it's exactly what it sounds like. You are uh, running a shipping hub town. And so you're working with the various uh, the trucking lines and the ships and moving the cargo back and forth and the offices and the contracts that come in and out. It's pure, pure, pure logistics, which is awesome. And I love it. So, and it's ironic that a game about supply chain management came out in 2021, like literally supply chain management. The problem that we're having as a country um, is right here in Crescent City Cargo. So there you go. Um, all the games from our list last year that actually came out.
1: Yeah, it's a good list, especially since, you know, 2021 was very difficult to get anything shipped and obviously, with all the problematic and sometimes comical shipping issues that occurred, it's, a, it's a, a miracle that we got anything, especially so many good games, so many interesting games that are out there. And obviously, a lot of these were still waiting to hit, hit the U.S. market. But I, I guess for me, some notables, as you mentioned, Anthony, Oath is going to take some, a while before that kind of feels fully appreciated and reviewed. So that's going to be up in the air for quite some time. I thought about backing then on Kickstarter, but it's always been an oddity to get those campaign games to the table. HeroQuest request is all about the furniture. Sorry, guys, it really is all about the furniture, <laughs> and that's not a, and it's honestly not a bad thing. I think it's it's really such an interesting idea, and again, it was something that really connected with a lot of people's nostalgia and the fact that this, this was a grail game for so long. It's almost kind of sad to see these Grell games get knocked off with new reprints. I mean, it's so wonderful that they are because people actually get to play them. But now there's like no more mystery and like chase for these rare games because you can actually get them now. It was far too expensive for me to pick up for the sake of like, hey, there's an older game that I didn't play. Let me check it out. But I'm so glad that people who love the game got a chance to play it. Descent Legends of the Dark was another game that was incredibly expensive and it was kind of almost going up against Hero Quest because, again, it was another game all about the furniture. But I don't know, it became one of those situations where it was just so much and so expensive and kind of connected, but not connected to the Descent universe that I, I was just like, I just can't drop that kind of crazy money on this. And I've heard since it's gotten mixed reviews around. Lizard Wizard was one of the games I had an acquisition disorder for kind of early on, never got that to the game table whatsoever. Dinosaur World, Anthony, you and I have talked about that pretty extensively and Raw and Right. I had my finger hovering above the back button for quite some time and just let it go because I have so much of it already. And I just had to be like, I, I got to make, I, gotta, I just got to draw a line somewhere and that's where I drew it. I've seen it played at PAX quite a bit. So I'm sure it's a great game. haven't played it with anybody else yet. Looking forward to chucking it at the table. But I'm really happy with Dinosaur Island. I really like the version that I have. I would have picked Dinosaur Island either way. A Howlertow, it's wonderful to have another great game from Uwe Rosenberg's, Another big game, uh, kind of similar to Coffee Traders, where there was a lot of talk uh, over the last couple of years that the day of the heavy Euro was gone because a lot of games were like, how fast can we get a game down? Can we get this kind of like really heavy Euro down to 15 minutes? I'm like, no, that's not a thing you want to do. So I was really excited to see this come out. Haven't gotten enough table time on it yet to do an actual review of it, but really appreciate it so much. So I'm looking forward to that. As Anthony said, you know, Mercado de Lisboa was a game that, you know, I love Lisboa. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It hit my number one, but this was just something that, as Anthony mentioned, was just a little tiny piece. And I already have Lisboa and I don't want to water down my euros generally. Uh, Furnace again was all over the place. Really glad to see that. Love smartphone. And again, this might be the game of the game for the 2022 because It is fast and quick, but also it is, or I would say it retains its quality. And I think that's great. Flourish was something that I think was on my acquisition disorder. I know you picked it up, Anthony. I love the artwork here. It did seem like a lighter game, and that's why I didn't back this. But again, this is a little bit of a frustrating thing. I I understand that some games need to be kickstarted, but when a game is lighter like this, even if it has very good artwork... I really am disappointed by the additional monies that you know you have to put on because of Kickstarter. Because if this was just a normal release, I probably would have picked it up, but, became, but because it was a Kickstarter and I had to throw some more money and wait, I just didn't. Uh, the Adventures of Robin Hood, unfortunately, I think you have our copies. So I will not get a chance to play this yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. The Great Wall never really clicked for me. Dominant Species, Marine was obviously the, the game of the year for us in so many different ways. I backed this like super early on and never got my copy from the company and then just had to go purchase it out out on my own. So it's everything that you'd want to be for a Euro game and it just does it so very well. Hadrian's Wall, again, those rolling rights just never really roll right for me. Gollum is the game that I'm really looking forward to getting to the table. It looks a little cluttered. It looks like they basically threw everything from every other game that they've ever done. But nonetheless, I still want to play it. Arkwright, the card game, again, another game that I would love to just own. If it wasn't a Kickstarter, I would have picked it up immediately. Coffee Traders, again, I you have this, Anthony. I don't, kind of a little jealous about that, because this is definitely a game that I, I want to play. Coppola, you know, it was a Feld game. I looked through it, and again, it was another situation. If it wasn't a Kickstarter, I'd pick it up because it's Feld. But, uh Practicopter Ripney, Uh, uh Love the board. Love the designer. Good game. I really feel like it could have been tweaked a little bit more. So maybe an expansion in the future could do this. Um, Maglev Metro did not get a chance to play. Ran over to the the Bézier booth at PAX Unplugged. Unfortunately, there was no one there at that time. So uh, still waiting to play this, hope to play this. Cape May looks like a cute little game. Did not get a chance to get to the table because a lot of people were there. And Crescent City Cargo, I had it so long in my possession. And I feel just by osmosis, I've enjoyed the game, but I have not played it yet. So um, who knows if that's good or not? So yeah, it's good enough for the moment.
0: All right. So all the stuff that came out, right?
1: So Yay. what about this?
0: <laughs> but you say, but you, you're looking back right now at our list from last year and you're wondering, well, what about all the stuff that didn't come out? Well, there you go. Let's talk about those. Uh, obviously, we have less to say about these because they didn't come out. We didn't get a chance to play them, with one exception that I will mention when we get there. Uh, so this will go a little quicker. Darwin's Journey. This was on Kickstarter. It's supposed to come out in the spring. I didn't back it because it got too expensive, but it's Luciani and Mangoni, so I really want it still, and they can still pre-order it, and I might still give in, but. Uh, thunder Griff. <laughs> Perseverance <laughs> Castaway Chronicles. Uh, this is another one that was just, and honestly, this wasn't even the price because mind Clash games are just expensive. The reason I didn't back it is because it made no sense to me. I could not figure out what this game was about. So I really wanted to come out so I can find out what it's about and decide whether or not I'm ex- upset or not about not backing it, because with their games, I either love them or I highly dislike them, and I, I want to know which one this falls in. Uh, Weather Machine, this one was on Kickstarter. And so we talked about at the beginning of the year because it had been rumored, but it hit Kickstarter by the end of the year. It's going to come out by the end of next year. We obviously couldn't play it yet, Um, with a little exception. If you're on like tabletop um, simulator, I think Terraforming Mars, the dice game. This was announced along the same time as Terraforming Mars, the card game, which was eventually released as Ares Expedition. So that wasn't on our release list because we didn't talk about it last year but the dice game got delayed because of the card game and therefore will be coming sometime this year. Hamburg and Amsterdam, can loop these together, uh, were the two games in the first Kickstarter from Queen Games for Stefan Feld. So this is where the first two or $300 went if you backed all the Feld stuff. Um, Hamburg re-implements Bruges and Amsterdam reimplements Macau. I own both of these and yet for some reason, I still backed these. They are delayed, though. They're coming out with all the other stuff that just got back Marrakesh in New York in sometime in the spring, maybe, depending on boats. Uh, Carnegie, this one's a bit of a trick um, to the point where we actually talked about it on our Game of the Year list. The game has not come out. The Kickstarter ran in the spring, but you've been able to play it on Board Game Arena all year. And I, can, I feel like we consider Board Game Arena differently than like Tabletop Simulator, because you can go and the rules are in there and you can learn the game quickly and play it. Uh, maybe we're just making that up, but uh, not out yet, coming out in this next year. Streets. Uh, streets came out, this actually just shipped last week. So <laughs> this is the one where it's like, this is a 2021 game because in Europe they got it. And I got my copy maybe December 30th. Um, so technically it existed on in, in 2021, but I didn't play it until over the weekend. Uh, I'm going to review it in a future episode. I think, Chris, you got it as well. So we'll, we'll maybe review it together. But it's good. It's good so far. Look forward to talking about it. Villagers is amazing. So the second game from Garter. Uh, Zapotec is one of the new releases from uh, Board and Dice at like the lesser. <laughs> I feel mean saying the lesser, but the lesser of the releases, despite the fact it's from Fabio Lopiano, um, just because the other one's from, it's in the T series. Uh, I don't know a lot about it. They had copies at PAX. You could play it. Um, It's relatively inexpensive. It looks like like $35, $40. I look forward to trying it, but I don't know enough about it. And it didn't really wow me from what I saw at PAX. Um, It doesn't mean anything, but it just didn't really capture my attention. Tabanusi Builders of Ur is the new game from uh, 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 Brain Going Blank. Chris, help. (laughs) Going through too many games at once. Um, So in the T-series of games from Tashini, Tabanusi Builders of Ur, uh, along with David Spada. Again, this one was available at PAX. Didn't get a chance to try it because people were really all about it. Uh, They were selling some copies there and it did just hit like miniature market and cool stuff this last week. So it was possible to pick this up and to play it in 2021. Uh, But for the most part, it's a 2022 release for most people in the US. So we'll be talking about it in 2022 when we finally get a copy. Uh, Weimer, the fight for democracy. uh, This is a one that I put on the list last year because I was excited about it. Right. It's. Uh, Matthias Kramer from Compass Games, which makes just like big, heavy political economic war games. And it, to my knowledge, has not been released yet. Uh, it still says 2021 on Board Game Geek, but, you know, with five ratings, I don't think anybody's really had a chance to play it. But it's Matthias Kramer, it, it is an interesting topic about an interesting time in history. So I'm still interested in playing this when or if it comes out It's a card driven game. So we shall see. Um Brazil Imperial this is a game that I wish would come out <laughs> like it technically came out in 2021 it's available in Brazil it is available in many places in Europe the english copies of the game to my knowledge have not been made available anywhere maybe outside of Essen I tried looking this up earlier and it wasn't really clear where you could get anything but the reviews for this from the people who've played it are just absolutely glowing, Uh, just a unique 4X game about Brazil's imperial times, but like the approach to the game, the people who worked on the game, actually being Brazilian, not from some random country in Europe. I'm really, really excited to play this eventually when it comes out here. (laughs) So um, it stays on our unreleased list because we're unable to get it here. Uh, Shamans is uh, another game that it was, I I think more of like a, kind of like a, I don't want to say party game. It's always the wrong word, but like hidden role deduction style game. And I want to say this actually might've come out and I just have it in the wrong spot on the list, but because of COVID and everything, it's not the kind of game we would have been able to get to the table and see in action. So we'll definitely have to circle back on this in the future when we're able to do that. And then Cita Stato is a Kickstarter that I backed last year um, that has not shipped yet. Uh, it's very close, I think, uh, but it is a deck bag building type of game, um, economic, medieval, political uh, game about 12th century city states in Italy. So. I don't know that I could say anything in there that makes it sound like more than any of the other random medieval Italy games, but they really caught my attention when I was on Kickstarter, and I do look forward to this one coming out, so. There you go. Some of the games that run our list from last year that have not been released yet, and we will be keeping an eye on going forward.
1: Yeah, it's another hard list because again, a lot of these things are Kickstarter situations. And honestly, I don't know how to feel about that at this point, because some of these games are just kind of working my last nerve. And I understand that there are obviously concerns, right? There, There are games that obviously are still not released and and that's even a bigger issue but we won't talk about uh bruno no no or moderna no no um but i i do want to mention some of these games anthony mentioned here darwin's journey i did back and and i'm blanking on the fact if i backed all the extra little gimmicks and things you know just to kind of up the game a little bit honestly if i did I'm probably protecting myself to <laughs> that I didn't back, you know, $15 of like little bling jewelry to go on a, a game that I, I have a fear might be too light and therefore not worth the money. <laughs> Anthony, you said it best. Uh, you know, anything but mind clash games is a game that I'm always going to look at, but this recent one, um, it was just one of those games where I was like, Oh, castaway Chronicles. Uh, yeah, if I turn the Kickstarter upside down, inside out, stay up all night, drink all the caffeine in the world, I'm still not sure what it is, and I'm looking at the board, and I'm just like, I can't. I just I just can't. Still love my Tricarion, but I just can't. Weather Machine, I did back. Obviously, we we're going to be waiting quite some time for that, but if you can get that and fix the current weather situation, that'd be great. Terraforming Mars, the dice game, not interested. I, I really feel like I I'm ready to tap out with Aries Expedition. I feel like that does terraforming mess in my opinion, but you know, your opinion may vary. Uh, Hamburg and Amsterdam. I backed both of these, including the new ones because clearly I had a head injury and I was like, (laughs) you know what? I need these feld games again. So I did back them and I guess I'm putting his kids through private school now at this point. But nonetheless, I backed them. I wasn't happy about backing them. I love the original Bruges artwork and games. But at that time, I was having a felt fever. So let's just chalk it up to that. Uh, Carnegie was a, a fun game on board Game Arena. I did not back. I went down to the last second about whether or not to back it. Again, it just seemed like overall a step too far as far as the cost was concerned. Streets, I did back and did absolutely positively get the day before i had to come back to work so i do have a copy in my hands looking forward to getting that to the table um Zabtack, i yeah it's just going to be one of those games that eventually possibly at some point in the near future or beyond this actually it's a table another tea game and no i'm not going to pronounce the title because i don't insult uh you know a people nonetheless like also, I, don't, I kind of want to insult the designers who keep doing this, right? Like, come on guys, it's a gimmick. We get it, it's a running gag, but at some point help us out here, seriously. Uh, the Fight for Democracy, awesome. Brazil Imperial, this is the game that I've been sweating since the very beginning. I've talked about it on Multiple Acquisition Disorders. I'm subscribed to it on Board Game Geek. I've read every little piece of information about it. Everything about the game looks extraordinary with the exception that it's not in my hands. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I would go down to Brazil if need be. But again, this seems to be one of those games that doesn't try very hard to convince you that it's everything that you probably want in a 4X game, because it doesn't need to. You just need to look at the game itself and just go, oh, oh, I can see it. I, I could see this being the great, the great game of all time. So I'm... I'm sweating this, looking forward to this. I think this is going to be the best. I don't know. haven't played it. Can't say, but it's just just a a feeling on that. Uh, Shamans and uh, City of Strato, I've seen them. They're fine. God only knows when we'll ever see them at the table. They seem a little small on some ends, but maybe they'll be great at the table.
0: All right. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, all the games that didn't come out, and then we can add those to the list. Some of these that might be on the list next week. I don't remember exactly what we put on there, but. Add these in your mind if they're not, because we'll have 50 more (laughs) to look forward to on the next list. Um, So surprises that were not on our radar. Uh, This is not as as big a list. I didn't want to list every game that came out this year that we didn't have on our original list because we can't be that. Uh, They're like 2000 games a year come out. So this is, you know, obviously our subsection of that. But there were some games that came out that either really blew us away and were amazing and ended up on our top list for the year or just came out of nowhere we didn't expect. So I just want to kind of run through those a little bit. Um, First up is Cascadia, which we talked about a little bit last week. You know, it won our solo gaming uh, of the year and it actually ended up as my game of the year on my top 10 list, which I did last week. Uh, Just a fantastic tile laying game. And it didn't come out of nowhere for a lot of people because it was on Kickstarter and a lot of people had backed it and knew it was coming this year, but we didn't because we missed it on Kickstarter. So here it is uh, definitely deserve a spot because it's a fantastic game that did come out this year. Imperium Classics and Legends, uh, the pair of games from David Turchi that take just some fairly basic card mechanics and a bunch of different civilizations, both real and imagined mythological, and creates a very, very fun one and or two player card game, technically one to four, but really one or two. And lots of new content coming for that as well. Um, Just kind of came out of nowhere for us. Unfathomable literally came out of nowhere because nobody knew this was coming until June when Fantasy Flight revealed it. Uh, A reskinning of Battlestar Galactica with Cthulhu, but in a very clever way, the way they did it uh, in the water. It's just a fantastic game. Korra, we played at PAX and both really enjoyed. uh, We talked about this a little bit. In our PAX episode, as well as last week, just a really fantastic, interesting civilization style game um, with a lot of fun, unique mechanics that is surprisingly accessible for the family, despite all the stuff going on there. Botanic was a crazy looking two player game, all sorts of craziness going on there uh, that really kind of came out of nowhere as an Asmodee release. So not a lot of information in advance and not like a, a huge, huge design pedigree behind it. Uh, This one ended up at number four on my top 10 list, and we talked about it uh, last week in our awards. Um, So definitely check that out as a two player game. The Initiative was a game that I don't think either of us had a chance to play. I certainly didn't. But this is designed by Corey Kaneska, who is one of the most famous game designers of all time that you may not have heard of (laughs) because his name is often hidden behind the Fantasy Flight uh, logo. But he worked on Starcraft, the board game, Rune Wars, Gears of War, Mansions of Madness, Descent, Star Wars Rebellion, Twilight Imperium, Fourth Edition, like all the stuff, you know, from Fantasy Flight he worked on. And so he came out with the initiative, which is this big, sprawling, story-based cooperative deduction game, um, which by all accounts is amazing. And I did pick up a copy because it looked so amazing. And I just haven't had a chance to play it because it seems like it's better with more people. Uh, Stardew Valley. so the makers of Stardew Valley thought, hey, let's make a board game. It worked for Riot. Let's do it. And they did it and it sold out completely twice. So uh, I don't know that the game itself is like the highest ranked thing in the world, but it's cute. It looks relaxing and easy and accessible, which is what the video game is. And I love the idea of a Stardew Valley board game. And I wish I liked this kind of genre more because just that relaxing, gross stuff and chill and that artwork is fantastic. So Yeah, just super out of nowhere with that one. Um, Imperial Steam, Corrosion, and uh, I have Imperial Steam on here twice, so let me delete that. Imperial Steam and Corrosion, though, from um, Capstone Games, who that publisher has a habit of throwing things up, and they come out two to three months later. So we didn't know these were necessarily coming in advance, unless you're like deep in the designers section on board game geek, but corrosion, a fantastic little engine builder had a chance to play it over the break, really had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Imperial steam, big sprawling economic game that for whatever reason is like a limited print uh, get it now before they sell out kind of thing. That is just all sorts of amazing. And both of those were announced just over the summer and released in the fall. Uh, Living Forest is a game that we both played at PAX and both really enjoyed. We talked about it last week a little bit in our awards. Uh, just a fantastic, like family-friendly spin on that Mystic Veil formula of press your luck with the cards and the different icons that come up. And then Witchstone, which we saw at PAX and I later picked up uh, separately to play with the family. I really enjoyed. You know, Reiner Knizia is one of the great designers of all time, uh, but some of these games hit and some of them don't for me. And this one really, really hit. Very, very clever. So I uh, look forward to talking about that one a little bit more later as well.
1: Yeah, I think, again, a lot of these games obviously were something that, I guess, float underneath the radar. I mean, usually we talk about games like that because they just don't have the media attention they deserve. And obviously, a lot of these games do come from bigger companies and, and from bigger IPs across the board again, you mentioned Stardew Valley has its own kind of following. So the fact that it sold out incredibly quick and then when I think like second market for like crazy prices and sold out again. So I'm not sure where that is as far as anything is concerned, if we'll ever see that game again. But I think with the recent acquisition for Asmodee, we might see more games kind of pop up there from, you know, really excited, interesting IPs. I mean, If we think about Exploding Kittens, I mean, that was one of those situations where it was not really an established game. It was just an established IP. And then like, hey, how about a board game version of this? And they're like, yes, here's like $5 million. So, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Cascadia, obviously not, not a surprising situation whatsoever. Imperium, again, another game that's just, you know, you could tell. You could just tell from looking at the game and the artwork and the cards. Unfathomable, we know the pedigree of, of the mechanics coming from there. I'm really happy that that was re-released. I'm, I'm really excited about that. I'm not the biggest Cthulhu fan in the world, but I'm really happy that it was released again. Cora, uh, we talked about at PAX. Again, I was really happy and surprised. It was such a really great production. They kind of classify it. I can't remember, if it, was it like heavy or professional? It was. It was like one of these kind of like words. It was just like, oh no, this is a nice like medium weight game this or even something like that you could play with the family it was not a heavy stream professional game it was it was fine it was good i like the game i'll probably pick it up if it's somewhat of a reasonable price at at this point um the other ones having not really got a chance to play imperial steam got a copy of that at pax so really excited about playing that and living forest is definitely something i'll be picking up i really enjoyed that game on like multiple levels i think i you know i saw it and i dragged anthony over and i'm like Hey, Mystic Veil, but for families, but also it does other things, which is great because usually when you say it's for families, that means somewhat of a basic generic version of a better game. But this actually has other things thematically tied to it. So uh, be sure to play the higher play account. Otherwise, there's no way to mitigate your neighbor, so to speak. But I really enjoy that game a lot. And that, you know, that especially was kind of like the biggest surprise for me for the for the PAX or for 2021, at least, because that game was left alone, Anthony, right? That, that was kind of all by itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, people were not flocking to it. And it didn't, like, jump off the table otherwise. Like, the, the box cover is not exactly all that exciting from a distance. But when you play it, very, very good. All right, so one last category. We'll run through real quick because these are the types of games that we all get really excited about and then don't play. is <laughs> expansions and re-releases. <laughs> Uh, So, these are expansions that were announced that we knew were coming or re releases of games in various forms. You'll you'll understand when we get to them. Um, And again, these are the ones we kind of talked about last year. There's a few that kind of made it out that we didn't really talk about. For whatever reason, Kemet was not on this list. Kemet's amazing. We talked about that last week as our 2.0 game of the year. Uh, But these ones in particular uh, Rurik Stone and Blade. So Rurik is a really clever uh, like area control, worker placement style game uh, game from 2019 that I really enjoy. Stone and Blade adds more stuff, bigger buildings, more ways to attack, more ways to fight. Always good for a dudes on a map game. Uh, Glenmore 2 Highland Games adds more Chronicles. So this is a game that takes the relatively simple gameplay of Glenmore, um, which is an older game, and it adds Chronicles to it uh, in the base version of Glenmore uh, that was out on Kickstarter a couple of years ago. But then Highland Games is like more Chronicles and an official solo mode because the other one didn't really have an official solo mode. Very good stuff all the way throughout. And the solitary game mode, which I dabbled with a little bit last month, but haven't had a chance to really dig into. Very good so far. Cartographers Heroes, small little tweaks to the base Cartographers formula. It adds this idea of heroes who can fight off the monsters. It's fun though, and it adds like a lot of variability to a game that was already very solid for a flip and write. Highly recommended. Paladins of the West Kingdom, City of Crowns. Uh, this is only recently become available. I think last month they started shipping. And Paladins was my favorite of the three West Kingdom games, despite you know potentially problematic theming. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying out City of Crowns. It's, t- it's 2021 release. Probably a 2022 play. Clash of Cultures Monumental Edition uh, takes all of the content for Clash of Cultures, including the expansion that nobody could get, and adds it all into one giant box with upgraded tiles and minis and all that stuff. It was crazy expensive. Um, At least $100 We bought online, $150 MSRP, which is just so much money (laughs) from WizKids. Uh, But by all accounts, the people who picked it up are very happy with it. War of the Ring, Kings of Middle-Earth is the third and supposedly final expansion for war of the ring did not come out last year. um, as expected now is listed for 2022. It'll probably be on our list next week because this is probably my most anticipated expansion of the year period. It was last year. It will be this year. Um, any new content for war of the ring I'm all about. Grand Austria hotel. Let's waltz. This is the, uh, kickstarted expansion for grand Austria hotel. Chris and I famously played this together (laughs) after I moved to Philadelphia. Uh, So you can go back and listen to our review. Lots of interesting modules, fixes a few of the issues with the base game, adds various different ways to approach it and play it. Official solo mode out of the box now. So pretty solid if you were looking for an upgrade to Grand Austria Hotel. On Mars, Surviving Mars, Cooperative Expansion. It's not called that anymore. Uh, It was called that back in the day, but when they actually launched it back in the, spring i believe they changed it to alien invasion so originally it was going to be tied in with surviving mars which is a video game series about going and building stuff on mars but they were like meh what's more interesting aliens attack so now we get the crazy cool artwork from you tool of aliens attacking mars uh so that kickstarted. started it's coming out next year or i guess this year now and uh pretty excited for that robinson crusoe the book of adventures was up on game Found and. I'm pretty sure I backed just the book of adventures because it's just a bunch more scenarios for Robinson Crusoe, which I love, but then they also had miniatures and various upgrades and additional boxes and little bits. And if you backed all the stuff, it got crazy stupid expensive, which, you know, portal games is starting to move in that direction. We saw that with uh, the football club manager game too. Not a huge fan of that, but the book itself of adventures excited for that to come next year. Uh <laughs> Chris, here's your favorite. <laughs> Madeira Collectors Edition, which is coming in 2027. <laughs> so uh we don't know when this is coming. It definitely Lies. didn't come.
1: <laughs> Lies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely did not come this last year. Railroad Inc. Yellow and Green, uh challenge. So this adds little challenge modes and quests and things to accomplish in the game. Uh, it's still a roll and write, but now it adds little tweaks and changes to the rules. And then there's a bunch of little mini expansions that came with it. So it makes a good game even better. Agropolis re-implements uh, Sprawlopolis, but with farming. That's literally it. Sprawlopolis, but with farming. So if you prefer the city, stick with that. If you want the farming, you got Agropolis. And there's like a l- couple little tweaks with like the animals affect some of the scoring. Teotihuacan expansion period. Also came out uh, this year. I have this. Honestly, I picked it up some point in the year. forgot I picked it up. We moved to Philly. I unpacked it, realized I picked it up, put it on the shelf, then forgot about it again. So I haven't played it yet, Um, (laughs) which shows you where I'm at with gaming in 2021 and 2022 in general. But uh, great game. So the expansion, I'm sure, is great. Concordia, Solitaria. This did not come out in our territory. It's not available in the US. It is out in Europe. I've seen a lot of people posting about it very excitedly. I follow it on BoardGameGeek. I want it. I like Concordia, but I like it even more if I can play it more often. Um, and so the app made that possible this year, but I really want the solitaire version of the game because the 2v2 is amazing. And Matt Gertz has shown that he could rethink this game in a million different ways. And I want to see how he rethought it in a solitaire format. Fantastic Factories Manufactions came out this year. It shipped about I think it shipped over the summer, actually. And I have this, I had a chance to play the basic expansion, not the, I can't remember the name of it. There's a second expansion that's just like, take that mechanics. And I really appreciate that they separated these. I feel like it was probably originally designed as one expansion. And then the designer decided, you know what? Let's take the mean stuff out and people can add the mean stuff in if they want to do that. Because I don't want to do that. I don't want the mean stuff. And so that's a separate thing. I'll keep off to the side. So, uh, but manufacturing is great for a very good game. Transatlantic two, uh, another Mac Gertz game, uh, transatlantic kind of, I don't know, it came and went, people didn't really react to it. I had it, I played it. I didn't love it. Uh, transatlantic two, uh, is, it seems to take a lot of the things about that original game and kind of rethink them and re-implement them, uh, on like an earlier world map and, adjusting the board, adjusting how the ships sail, adjusting the trade house, like all these things that are theoretically or supposedly uh, upgrade Transatlantic, although it will also be available as an expansion for the original game. So it might be like the Concordia Venus situation where you can buy the upgrades or buy it as a standalone on its own. I don't know yet, because uh, they haven't fully finished or pushed it out yet. And now it's coming out in 2022. The Tokyo expansions, last one on the list here, These were expansions for uh, Tokyo Metro and Tokyo Tsukiji, uh, two games from Draper Games, which I absolutely adored. They come in these little boxes, kind of like the import-export boxes. And the Osaka Metro expansion for Tokyo Metro um, adds a new map and a few new mechanics. And Tokyo Tsukiji expansion adds different types of uh, things to add to your market and new mechanics for how to buy and sell. Both of these very good games overlooked Highly look forward to being able to play these. Both of them need a good group of people, though. So I have not had a chance to try them out yet. All right. So that's all the stuff. 70-something things. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really good, exciting list for the 2022. 2021 obviously left a lot of good games out in the cold that we still haven't gotten to the table, even considering all the other things that might have occurred. I'm kind of famously known for all owning all of the expansions, but this year again, and we talked about this before, with Kickstarter is kind of lumping everything in one or like with Grand Austria hotel or with, uh, you know, a lot of the games that we're seeing more and more these days, like, I think what was the one in particular Russian railroads where it's just mm-hmm. like, Hey, remember that expansion you wanted that cost like 20, 30 bucks. How about a game for a hundred bucks? Because we put everything in there and it's the only way you can get it. So like Clash of Cultures, again, like you mentioned, Anthony, that was an expansion that no one get their hands on. I, I actually have the base game still in shrink and I'm desperate to play it. But again, the expansion is supposedly the end all be all of that game. So the fact that it came out in a very expensive edition is kind of bumming me out. But again, I'm happy for the people that got out there. War of the Ring Kings of Middle Earth. I'm really happy that they're still pumping out expansions for this. I am shocked. I've never seen a game continue to pump out expansions. I mean, it's one of if not the greatest board games of all time. So, I'm not saying that if, if any game couldn't do it, I'm just very surprised by it at the very least. And again, I'm not going to talk about Madeira. No, no, no because <laughs> we all know what's going on with that. Nonetheless, So, yeah, I think in general, 2021 has had some really good games, some heavy stuff, some light stuff, some very different stuff. And I'm looking forward to 2022 to see if a lot of the games that have been delayed are on ships, are in other countries, but not here in the U.S. or around the world in certain locations, actually get out. So we'll see going forward. And I wonder if in some way... This might be a little bit because, again, logistics and supply chains and stuff like that. If we're going to see a little bit of a pushback on Kickstarter, because it it always had been a running joke or running gag or just irony or just fact and fiction about like Kickstarter delivery dates. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, you almost kind of assume you're not going to get your game on time. But now we're running into situations where it's so extensive that at some point we can't ignore the fact that games are taking two and three and four years to get to the table. And honestly, it's a lot of money to put out there just kind of floating out there in the ether. So, uh, I enjoy the kick Kickstarter amnesia as much as anybody else. When a random box shows up at my door for a game I backed three years ago, that was supposed <laughs> to come out like nine months later, but yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to become a thing. I don't know if it's a thing for all of you, but it's a little bit of a thing for me. So Hopefully that stuff gets cleared up a little bit and hopefully more games get to the table. All right, so that is everything for this week and especially everything for 2021. Let's hope that 2022 is a much better year with much better games hitting tables with all of our friends. So until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you esteem in BGA 2022. Bye. See ya.